time tonight, you know, talking to you, getting to know you. You look so beautiful. Your hair's perfectly laid. I mean, just chocolate, melanin, mahogany, all of that, but a pecan, you know. It's been really cool, man. It's not often that you, you know what I'm saying, get a chance to connect with someone like this. And um, quite frankly, I'm just not ready for the night to end. Feel, but hoping it's not the last time I get to talk to you. Kind of hoping that um, we can do this again. Maybe tomorrow if you're free. <laughs> yeah, that's what's up. Well, I holla at you. Thank you for using certain telecommunication software. Goodbye. Man, I only got five minutes before this next conference call date. Damn coronavirus. What's going on, everybody? As always, this is the Brothers in Law podcast. I am your boy, Jesse McCoy, and I'm joined by the world's foremost leading legal humorist, Sean Carter. How are you doing, man? I'm doing well, man. I'm, 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 I'm ro-ro free. Um, even though, uh, I'm struggling, uh, with with a couple of things. Have you been putting on the mask yet? Uh, no, I'm still waiting on mine to arrive, but, uh, you know, I don't go out much. So (laughs) I mean, it's not a big deal for me. Right. You know, so obviously I didn't do the bandana thing. You know, I've, I, you know, I've been talking to the little kid, you know, don't, don't run out here with, you know, right. looking like Crips and Bloods, right? I got a white one, you know, supposed to have a Nintendo 95 or whatever the, the new, you know, the thing is, it's supposed to make it all good. And right. man, it's hot on your mouth. Okay. Think about it. You're just breathing your own air into your face, into your face, into your face. And after a while, I was like, you know what? I'd rather get the road road and smell my funky breath anymore. <laughs> Yeah, you know, I, I haven't got mine yet. So I do want to shout out my, my cousin, um, actually makes, uh, her own like masks. Okay. And she ships them, but she keeps running out of them. So Love Aguayhi is her, is her company name. But, um, for sure. Uh, L-O-V-E and Aguayhi is I-G-U-E-H-I. Um, so please support. But, uh, we're waiting on ours. So we've ordered ours to come in. They, they're great because they have, uh, like nice African print and African design. All right. And all that stuff. Um, so yeah, check her out if you haven't already. Uh, the main thing is I haven't even been able to keep up because I'm just not watching the news because I'm tired of seeing the Trump fest all day. <laughs> uh, so, uh, I haven't been keeping up. It used to be that they said you only need that stuff if you are going to the grocery store. And then I looked out my window and started seeing people wearing those on their like afternoon walks and, and all that. So I don't know if there's been a prog- uh, any progress in establishing this as a airborne disease or or what. Well, well you know, there's some pe- some states you got to be careful too. I've seen brothers getting arrested. You know, they, there's always a reason to get it. But you know, now people, you know, not masking while black, right? Um, mm. and, and so you know, be careful when you we make sure you know you you're following the rules and, and the protocols. This is going to be the new normal, though. So make sure you get, you know, you get you a good mask you like, because we're going to be wearing this for about the next seven, eight years. Um, the only way to really open up the country, is, as I understand it, is to make sure we sort of do what South Korea did. You know, mm-hmm. they didn't ever shut down all of their country, but they had masks from day one. 
And so everyone was wearing masks and they, you know, basically were able to, you know, keep the spread lower. And for us to be able to do this, we're going to have to, you know, wear these masks. So this is going to be a, a new thing. Um, black people obviously be careful with your mask. Right. Maybe we'll put a smiley face on it so we won't scare white people. And, and I just want to emphasize, you know, they haven't really done a great job of telling us who this virus really preys on. And they want you to think that it's only members of the community who are above 65. But it's not that. There's a caveat in there about people with uh, health issues. Mm-hmm. And given America's record of health disparities, more than likely, um, people with the most health issues tend to be black because we're the ones who lack the most access to health care. So those people who are diabetic, those people who are suffering from uh, obesity, uh-huh. uh, which would include me, uh, all those, people, any of that stuff. I mean, you need to be concerned about, you know, not you, because I know y'all look clean. Y'all wash your hands, but people <laughs> don't. <laughs> no, no, but, but here's the thing is, is one, one well, let's talk about washing hands just for a second, because, you know, I've been trying to work on it, you know, and, and, and really, you know, I, I have to be in the past, I have, you know, done a little splash and dash. Right. So now I always watch something, but I, you know, now I'm counting out. I'm doing my alphabet song. I'm doing my, right. you know, birth, happy birthday. Right. You know, singing the black version where you do some runs in it. Right. You know, I'm trying oh, yeah. to get all my time in. But the other day I went to the store. Right. Okay. Bought my stuff. T- you know, touch the keypad. Now, my rule is if I touch the keypad, you know, I'm not going I got to wash my hands. Right. Get home. Wash my hands. Right. I don't know what I was thinking about. I forgot. Renee came in the mm. kitchen and saw me. I was not only sitting there with my hands touching my face, I was damn near licking my finger like I just had chicken. Oh, right? I no. didn't, just, just licking all the corona, just getting all of it in the nail, just getting all the corona in there. Uh, <laughs> then my throat started tingling. I started coughing, oh, no. right? <laughs> I think I got stage three. I got, I got the roll, right? <laughs> but the point is though, is that, you know, that kind of diligence is hard. Right. Where every single time, you know, you live the life where, you know, you wash your hands you know, after events, but just all day long. Oh, I touch something. I need to go wash it. Mm-hmm. Right. That, you know, that's a, a new thing for me. And so I have to confess it's it's a little harder. Now, you talked about black people. I looked this up some numbers for our health mm-hmm. disparities here. Black mm-hmm. people are 13 percent of the populations. We have been a third of the deaths from mm-hmm. coronavirus. Mm mm mm. And it's two things. It's one, the fact, like you said, that we're much more likely to have these secondary conditions. And two, we're more likely to get it because we, for some reason, even though we're the least paid people, we are the most essential. (laughs) Yeah, I feel like that's been happening since 1619. (laughs) Thank you. Yeah, we essential except for when it comes time on the first and the fifteenth. We ain't essential then, right? Right. All right. right. <laughs> well, payday. But we essential all the other times, and so we're the ones who are bus drivers, right? Who mm-hmm. are in the way, you know? If the, you know, the MTA in New York, as you know, I mean, I think it was fifty, you know, people who uh, drivers who died since like the last count. I mean, it's it, so we've been disproportionately affected. Now, um, uh, Surgeon General. Uh, Jerome Adams. Now, let's be clear. That is, uh, he got a real black name. We got to give him credit for that. <laughs> that's not Brandon, right? You know, some, my, bullshit, right. You know, some bullshit. I named my kids. That's that's a good name there, right? That is a good black name, Jerome Adams. Right. Uh, that's about all the good blackness uh, we, we can really chop up to him. <laughs> well, let, let's see. I, w- I want to play the clip first because I, I don't want to taint anybody who might be listening. 
Uh, I want to hear the clip first in its entirety, and then I'll discuss what uh, what I think about what he said. <laughs> wait, 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 you wanted the Jerome Adams clip? Oh, you know, oh, you oh I thought you what Jerome said. Well, the th- the thing about it is, I, I think we need the clip because I think <laughs> the problem is we got a lot of backlash. Or I saw a lot of backlash against Jerome Adams okay. uh, after he made his statement. And I wanted to be mad. Black people, I wanted to be with us. Like, I want to be mad. Right. But I really feel like he did a pretty decent job of cutting across the board uh, of all nationalities. Uh, maybe he got a little too familiar towards the end. But <laughs> but uh, I don't know that he did anything that I'm ready to, you know, march to Washington with a pitchfork about. All right. Well, then let's, let, let's hear uh, a little um, Roro. Um and uh or, or Rome. Oh my god, he he's actually named after the thing. He's perfect um <laughs> for it. <laughs> and let, let me let load this up here and we'll take a look at, at Jerome and, and see what he's talking about. Now, let's be clear. Part of Jerome's problem is no matter what he does, he is standing next to Trump. Right. His the way he's even there is because his benefactor, or you know, the guy who's who's vouching for him is Pence. Right. Now, now, what kind of stuff did you have to say about black people <laughs> to get Pence to, to, to make you your, his boy, right? And talk Trump into it, right? Um, so, you know, he already a little suspect as as, as it is. I want to give you, though, um, a little bit of his bio because, um, you know, we should be fair to the brother. Um, so this is a brother who, for as far as education, um Went to, um, let's see, went to Indiana. So, so in undergrad, he went to the University of, uh, Baltimore, Maryland. Um, he got his MD at, uh, the University of, of Indiana, which I guess is how, um, what's the name? Met, Pence met him. Board certified. He's, you know, he's, he's real. He's a real doctor. Um, and, uh, and so he's going to try to explain, I think, why, uh, black people have been hit harder, uh, by the coronavirus. In New York City, uh, Hispanics uh, represent the majority of deaths. In Milwaukee County, blacks are 25% of the population, but almost 50% of the cases and 75% of the deaths. So what's going on? Well, it's alarming, but it's not surprising that people of color have a greater burden of chronic health conditions. African Americans and Native Americans, excuse me, develop high blood pressure at much younger ages. It's less likely to be under control and does greater harm to their organs. Puerto Ricans have higher rates of asthma, and black boys are three times as likely to die of asthma as their white counterparts. As a matter of fact, I've been carrying around an inhaler in my pocket for 40 years out of fear of having a fatal asthma attack. And I hope that showing you this inhaler shows little kids with asthma all across the country that they can grow up to be Surgeon General one day. The chronic burden of medical ills is likely to make people of color especially less resilient to the ravages of COVID-19, and it's possibly, in fact, likely uh, that the burden of social ills is also contributing. But let me be crystal clear. We do not think people of color are biologically or genetically predisposed to get COVID-19. There is nothing inherently wrong with you, but they are socially predisposed to coronavirus exposure and to have a higher incidence of the very diseases that put you at risk for severe complications of coronavirus. Stay at home if possible. If you must go out, maintain six feet of distance between you and everyone else and wear a mask if you're going to be within six feet of others. Wash your hands more often than you ever dreamed possible. 
Avoid alcohol, tobacco, and drugs. And call your friends and family. Check in on your mother. She wants to hear from you right now. And speaking of mothers, we need you to do this, if not for yourself, then for your abuela. Do it for your granddaddy. Do it for your big mama. Do it for your pop-pop. We need you to understand, especially in communities of color, we need you to step up and help stop the spread so that we can protect those who are most vulnerable. So, I don't know. I, I mean, I didn't feel it was that bad. It seemed like he crossed all of the lines. He said, Abuela. He said, Big Mama. He said, Pop Pop. Uh-huh. I think I think he was pretty pretty fair. I know black people wanted me to be upset with him. And like that. So he, he's cooning and tap dancing for the president. Uh-huh. I don't know. For um, it does look bad because he said beside Trump. And Trump, uh, you know, congratulates him and pretty much, uh, is, is giving him all kinds of, uh, accolade. Right. For ba- basically being articulate. That's, that's <laughs> But, uh, you know, I don't know. I'm ready to hate the brother yet. I don't know. <laughs> I agree. You know, it's, it, I, I, I agree hundred percent. I think he was fine. He can say big mama. Uh, he's black. Uh, he, he sounds a little too much, uh, banana in the tailpipe for me. But, <laughs> Uh, so go ahead, brother. Put a little bass in your voice. But at that age, you know, he's, he, you know, he's in his forties. Uh, I might have had a little little banana in my tailpipe too, because uh, you know <laughs> you, you can't scare white people uh, until you you know get your stuff together. So I respect that. Uh, but for the most part, you know, I didn't have any problem with anything he said. I thought he was good about explaining. Now he probably, and I know he why he couldn't explain the other factor here. Which is one that black people are more essential for some reason, right? We have these jobs, we have right. to be, you know, in harm's way, but also that when we go for medical care, assuming we have insurance. Right. Right? Or good insurance. You know, there's two types of insurance, right? There's, you know, insurance you can use and insurance is just in your name, right? But you right. can never afford to use it because your co-pays and deductibles are too high. And even then, uh, they're not necessarily going to believe you. And, you know, there's a rich history of experimentation on black people. But that's neither here nor there. That, for now. <laughs> we may have to think about that. It might be here nor there. But so, so you know, he didn't want to get into all that because I think, you know, that would have pissed off the white people. Um, right. But, you know, you can understand why this is, you know, a huge issue and why, you know, I had a conversation with people the other day about this is how race is always an issue. Even with something like a virus that has no, you know, preference at all. Somehow it turns into a racial issue because everything else in America is. <laughs> so it ends up being a case that black people somehow end up getting more roro. Absolutely. And, and I think the, the point that he was making is very clear. I think he's saying that if you uh, engage in social behaviors that are going to put you at an increased risk, there is a bad backside to that as well, because what happens is, you know, I don't know how familiar people are with coronavirus, but one of the things is it attacks your lungs and causes your autoimmune system to go into hyperdrive. So your lungs in trying to get rid of the virus create basically the solution in your lungs that kills you. Uh, and un- unless you have access to ventilators, which uh, fun fact, no one does <laughs> you have access to ventilators sufficient to take care of all these people who are going to get essentially these lung infections, then people won't be able to breathe on their own. So it's really sad how people's last moments with coronavirus are. You basically suffocate to death. Uh, and so what, what he's trying to do is he's trying to say, 
don't put yourself in a situation where you would even need to be remotely close to a hospital. Right. Um, on top of that, we know that most people who are carrying the coronavirus are asymptomatic. So they don't even know that they have it because it's not like we have um, widespread testing. So you do put people at risk when, you, when you're not maintaining social distancing practices. And the people who are going to be most successful, uh, susceptible to that are going to be our elders. So our grandparents, our moms, you know, people who are up there in age. Uh, everybody wants to see their mom. Everybody wants to check on their mom. But this is a situation where, you know, doing that is done at a certain degree of risk. And so I think what he's saying essentially is is true. Uh, should he have used the term big mama? I don't necessarily see a problem with it. I just don't like the fact that Trump was clapping and cheesing when he did. <laughs> <laughs> hey, you can say Big Mama. He he earned he earned it right. Jerome got got the right to say Big Mama. Um, I I, I agree with everything you said there. Also. I've had an evolution about this. I'm going to tell you the truth. When it first came out, I was clowning it, said, you know, this is, this is killer bees. Where are my killer bees? Right? And all that stuff. <laughs> and I, I saw something with the, with Roro the other day, or I had an experience of, of infection the other day. I got an email for our DM from a sister. And it's mm-hmm. like, you got to check this out. And this is a sister who is, you know, solid, reliable. You know, she ain't up for no BS, right? A professional sister, very, very highly respected in her field. And I'm thinking, okay, it's going to be some civil, you know, some police brutality or something. You know, we got to handle this community. Mm-hmm. And I open it up, and uh, it's, it's not anything that we need to handle as a community. Uh, it was something that I could have handled personally, if you know what I mean. Uh, it, it was porn. And... <laughs> It turns out that her account had been hacked. And now, of course, my account, right, is now <laughs> going to be hacked. But here's the thing I realized about it. I wouldn't have opened up just any old thing from anybody. Right. But this sister is on the up and up, right? And right. that's the thing about coronavirus. This isn't something like you're going to, because people are asymptomatic, you know, it's not like, oh, I can see who's got this. Right. Oh, you know what? You know, I need to stay away from those types of people. Right. Because, you know, they got the problem. This is the kind of thing where, you know, the most healthy, respectable person, you know, could have the coronavirus because it, it doesn't, like I said, discriminate like that. It's not like, you know, some, you, you know, it, it's not like an STD. Right. right? <laughs> where, and even by the way, you can't tell there either. But but at least, you know, there's some hints, right? Which with some things, right? You know, maybe as a stripper, you you, you might you, you might think, right, it, it, it can happen to you, right? But here's a situation where, you know, everybody is susceptible. And so, like you said, there's no way to be able to look and figure out. And so you just got a social distance from everybody, right, that's not in your household. Yes. And and it would help if you don't go down to your governor's house and start protesting in mass about wanting to reopen the government up, uh, especially if you're not going to observe the six feet social distancing rules. <laughs> well, and and this is where we gotta you gotta help me out understand this, Jesse, because I don't get it. Why has it turned out that the virus, which by the way, let's be clear, it is not. George Soros's virus is not a, 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 a registered Democrat. I think it's an independent, all right, at the very least, all right. Why has this turned out to be a political thing where people on the right, right, say, you know, it's not a virus, we want to go back to work, and people on the left are like, never leave your house again. How did this get sort of turned into a political issue when it's a medical issue? 
Um, well, I think the people protesting wearing Trump shirts makes a big difference. <laughs> uh, no, I, I think what has happened is there is a, a global pandemic going right. on that for all intents and purposes, we knew was coming and just decided not to prepare for largely because the person leading our country thought it was a democratic hoax. So uh, because of that, people have clung to whatever their respective position is. Now, when the bodies start dropping and you're seeing these videos out of New York with people pulling up ice trucks to throw the bodies from the hospital into a truck to take to the morgue and all this stuff, it's, it's getting crazy. And I think it all depends on where you live. So if you are in an area where you haven't seen that, where, you know, you may have one or two cases, but it's not widespread like it is in New York with 10,000 people, then what what you're thinking is, oh, this little virus shouldn't shut the government down. We should be able to go back to work, not understanding the full gravity of it. On top of that, the people who are trying to help Trump in this new re-election campaign are saying, hey, this is an infringement on your rights. Let's go up here and spite people because these stay-at-home orders infringe on your right to peaceably assemble that's granted in the Constitution. So, people are trying to, I guess, exercise patriotism, uh, knowing that because you violate the stay-at-home order, there's going to be police involvement, and I think what's most uh, hilarious about the situation is the police involvement is really, really minor, but it gets Uh exploited as if it's the same thing as a Black Lives Matter protest. Uh So, the police came. I had a friend of mine who tagged me on a video today, and they were like, "Look at the injustice!" And the police officer literally—it's a, it's a parking lot full of people not maintaining social distance. <laughs> the police officer looks like he's concerned. He doesn't even want to come over there because coronavirus. Right? <laughs> but it's one black police officer. Everybody else is white, not just white, but white Trump supporters. And the police officer comes over there. He says, "Look, y'all are putting me in a position." where I'm going to have to do something. All I'm asking you to do is observe six feet between you guys. You can protest all you want, but keep the six feet between you and follow social distancing rules. If you are not going to do that, I'm going to have to arrest people. I don't want to arrest people. And so what do people do? They continue not being six feet apart. So he arrests one lady. And the lady, as she's walking off and she's getting uh, cuffed and walked to the the police car, she's like, fascism, fascism, long live America. Yeah. And and I'm sitting there. So, of course, the friend who tagged me wanted me because, you know, people know I tend to have some leanings against the police department. Uh-huh. And not necessarily be great. They wanted me to support the cause. Right. Uh-huh. And I look at the video and I start analyzing it like I'm Stephen A. Smith. It's like. This is your friend from the mountains. I don't know her, but I'm sure she's a good person. (laughs) Let me first start off by saying the officer approaches rather politely. There's no drawn gun. There's no shooting. There's no tear gas. There's no riot gear. There's no line of protection, no riot shields, no anything. So, uh, you know, your request is denied. But you know, it's, it's, it's amazing. And so like, there's this whole push for false equivalency and this push to get, uh, governors to open back up the country, which, I mean, to open back up their respective states, which is only going to be more problematic because God forbid they open it back up and people start getting sick again. Right. Uh, it's a virus that spreads through human context. So the only way that you can ensure that the virus is gone, at least somewhat, 
is to quarantine the people who already have it and treat them and then just not let the virus get to any unaffected person and let it die out. And here's the thing is, I understand, by the way, I'm not someone who says that, you know what, every life, you know, is, is, you got to save every life. We as as Americans make decisions all the time on trade-offs, right? Mm -hmm. And we're willing to give up a certain number of lives for this, for that, or the other thing, right? For guns, we're willing to give up 33,000 lives a year. Like, we're willing to make trade-offs. And so I understand the idea of trade-offs and that people say, you know, but here's my my thing about it is simply that, you know what, to me, this isn't shouldn't be a political issue. Like, I don't even understand, but right. by the way, how everyone on the left is so, you know, it, it almost seems like because Trump came out originally saying it was a hoax, that now we got to all be on the other side of shut the government down forever, shut everything down forever. And it's like, mm-hmm. we're the ones who get hurt a lot. People of color, people in the service industries, poor people, right? All the people who would normally be Democrats are going to lose the most out of this financially. And mm-hmm. it's sort of like, hey, you know what? There's probably a happy medium here. Where at some point you're going to open up and you're going to have some sicknesses, but as long as it's not over a tipping point, and to me this doesn't seem like a political issue, or it doesn't seem like a political issue, but it doesn't seem like it should break down on such ideological, you know, basis, right? Where the people think about it, black people like to be able to protest too, to be able to peaceably assemble, right? So it's weird how, you know, it became a political issue when to me it's an economic issue and I can understand people on both sides of it. And like I said, you know, and there are days in which I think, hey, you know, I can't wait till we open back up again. But on the other hand, here's the, here's the bottom line I realize is that you can open up all you want. Uh, I ain't sitting in a restaurant next to you uh, until 2028. <laughs> I'm gonna tell you that now. I'm eating in my car. All right. Uh, so you can do what you want to do there. All right. Um, and it's like, you know, I, I think that, 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 that thing is like, even if you say, okay, we're open up tomorrow. Uh, yeah. You can open up all you want, but, uh, we ain't going. Right. Who, right. who gonna go to a nightclub, a disco? All right. And you know what I mean? It's like, you know, you were already catching, right? You know, chlamydia two and three, two out of every three times you went, right? <laughs> no way in the world are, are you, you going to a crowded sporting event, right? You know, they're just things in which we're not going to do. So even you say you open, uh, we're not going to really be that open. Yeah. I mean, and, and I think <laughs> the hard part here, like you said, with us being deemed essential, then a lot of us, a lot of people in our community weren't really given an opportunity to work at home anyway. Um, And so they have to go to work. They have increased exposure to this virus. Um, But for the few of us who were able to work from home uh, and that flexibility, we uh, we we experienced a little financial gain. (laughs) Very recently. Yeah, I, yeah, is, is, I, you know, I, I might not want to claim all this on taxes, so let's just pretend like uh, it's been it's, it's been a wash. Um, but but you, I I hear you, and that's the thing is that's so, so that's why I, I totally get it. It's like on the one hand, you know, as Democrats in our natural constituencies, you know, we're the ones who are bearing the biggest brunt of this. Right. right. And would want it to be over sooner. But we also know that the more sick people there are, the more it's going to be of us. Right. So we're willing right. to do it. And I don't by the way, I have a problem with the idea that you don't have a national shutdown. If you're in Montana, Montana's had like four cases. All right. Do what you do in Montana. You know, try not to kiss each other in the mouth every time you see each other. All right. But <laughs> but, you know, you, you already socially distanced because you live 400 miles from the nearest person. OK, you're going to normally be OK. OK, you're going to rant somewhere. Enjoy yourself. We need you to keep making that meat and bringing it over. So that's fine. Right. But, you know, if you're in a place like, you know, Detroit, you know, Michigan. 
Michigan is like third on, on the number of deaths, right? Mm-hmm. Like every day or third or fourth. And it's like, you know, you're not out of the woods here. How you gonna, you know, in Grand Rapids come into, right, you know, the coronavirus capital. And I love the fact they come in with not just all standing all on top of each other, but with their guns. Right. Because apparently they're going to shoot the virus if it gets serious, right? <laughs> Why have they got the guns? Who, who's bothering them? We all in the house. Who are they worried about? I don't know. At this point, it's just symbolic. I have no idea. But imagine 50 brothers with automatic weapons standing in front of the courthouse. Yeah. You can't even imagine. Yeah. It's unimaginable the carnage that, that we would have. It'd be drones, right? And, you know, and F-15s flying. Right. It would be absolutely hell, right? Ain't no way in the world they'd be like, oh, well, that's a peaceful protest. Right. right. And we can well, have a 12-year-old know. boy in a park with a toy gun. Right. Absolutely. So, you know, but but what we have seen and what this situation has presented is uh varying aspects of of leadership, right? So you've got a spectrum now. What I've seen is uh you know my my governor who I applaud very much for the way that he's been handling this situation. He's very cool and calm even though people ask him very dumb questions. <laughs> <laughs> so I applaud his leadership. Roy Cooper, shout out to you. All right. Um we've also seen figures like uh Governor Cuomo in New York uh and some of the Ways that he even incorporated social distancing in his uh in, in his press releases or his press statements, um, despite the fact that he is his brother, his own brother Chris Cuomo, uh, contracted COVID nineteen. Right. And the banter, seeing them at nighttime laughing and joking and cracking on each other, um, that's been interesting. Very sharp deflection from what we see out of Washington, uh, where Donald Trump is basically melting down <laughs> at every press conference. And uh, claiming powers that he doesn't have, uh, and taking Let's funding go away. Because you need to tell me why they keep having him at the press conference. I don't know if I said this before, but to me, you don't see on ESPN them bringing up somebody who gonna make up the score and be like, you know, the Celtics won tonight, <laughs> and then afterwards they gotta fact check him and go, no, 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 actually the Lakers won that game. Right. That's not how you do news, right? You don't give the wrong information first and then come back and fact check it, right? That's dumb. Right. So why are they even showing him? Like, what are they thinking that we're going to learn from Donald Trump in any day? Yesterday, or two days, a couple of days ago, he was explaining how, um, uh, what was it, that the, the virus was, 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 was very tricky because it, it didn't respond to antibiotics. Because, of course, mm-hmm. no viruses do respond to <laughs> antibiotics. And it's like, what are you learning from him? Why are they showing him every day? Um, well, I think when the network started organizing to not show him, that's when he started kirking out, too. So I don't know that you necessarily get a pass. I think it's good TV. I mean, I think people, the news profits when people are afraid or, or, or when people are laughing, right? right. 
So you get both. Like, <laughs> I, I, I mean, I try to laugh, but you know, that some of that stuff is just not funny. It, 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 it's, it, it's crazy. Um, and you know, it, it's like the media. Here's the thing about it though: is is they think, oh, we're doing our job by fact checking, and it's like no, because some people leave after the talk, right? Some people didn't get right. to you after the fact fact checking. It would you don't do news like that. You don't say, hey, here's the wrong news. Let me tell you what the right news is right right you don't teach classes like that two plus two is is three well actually let me have to tell you after lunch it's actually four <laughs> that's dumb right who does that and, and it's like you know they're not helping they did the same thing during the election last time gave them two billion dollars in free advertising because he's great tv right it's mm-hmm. like if you wouldn't talk you know i like they should have treated him remember the guy a few years ago who was the guy who said the rent was too damn high in new york yes Love right. Him. And they loved him the first time. Then they brought him in for an interview and they talked to him and they realized this fool's crazy. <laughs> and they stopped talking to him anymore. They didn't have him on every day after that. And they were like, mm. you a fool. You only got one issue. You don't know a damn thing. You wearing white gloves in the summer. You need to take your ass elsewhere. Right. And, and that's what they should have done with Trump. <laughs> he should have been our president because one thing I guarantee is he would have made sure that the rent was affordable. <laughs> Well, speaking of the rent, affordable, it's going to be a little affordable for about at least a week or so uh, because the stimulus uh, yes. checks or direct deposits are starting to hit. Yes. Money, 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 money. <laughs> now, so. some of you have been listening uh, to, to Pootie Tang 69, 69, right, and, you know, smack ass 38. And, and, and so you have been heard that uh, you shouldn't take the money. Rip the check up because you're going to have to pay extra taxes next year. These are the same people who are telling you about the 5G and how, you know, they ain't got one GED, but they're going to tell you about the right. 5G technology, right? I I, I I don't know this because I read the act. I actually talked to accountants, right? And, and, and so uh, you take the money, all right? The money is in advance on the tax return or the tax refund you would get next year. What you're not going to get is the extra tax refund, but you still get all the money you normally get back if you get if you get money back. You're just not going to get the extra 1200 because you got it now, all right? Mm-hmm. So it's good. It's free 1200 and, and please go out and, and, and do whatever you do um, with it. Um, you know, I um, don't, I, I think, I, you know, my, 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 my check is going to be a little delayed um uh for for a little while because uh, uh, I don't let the IRS have my bank account information like that because uh, I usually owe them money so um you know <laughs> I, I put my taxes in my mama's name and so uh <laughs> they gonna have to come to my house and find me to give me my check but I get it eventually once well, least, Trump put his name on it yeah you're gonna have yours uh, autograph <laughs> <laughs> dear Sean. <laughs> Love Donnie. It's gonna be on my check. It's like coming from his personal bank account. The back of it gonna say by 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 cashing this check you admit that you do not want reparations. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't think about this. You know somebody gonna think this is our reparations. Why people don't don't even think this. You are not you got the money too, god damn it. Uh, if you want to think if we only got the money, we should be getting, how are we going to get a third of the deaths and we still only get 4% of the money? 
Yeah, we should have negotiated. <laughs> we should get better. Yeah, we should. We should, be, we should be, our checks should be bigger. Um, but anyway, we we'll we, we'll take what 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 we can get. Um, that's it. Yeah. So while we're dealing with uh, all kinds of federal issues, uh, Bernie Sanders, uh, after a long, long, very long journey uh has decided to uh support joe biden and after he threw his support behind joe biden he attempted to gather all of his followers uh-huh. to don't vote and <laughs> encourage them to go vote for burn for um for joe biden and then shortly after that elizabeth warren who was the last remaining holdout uh and my personal favorite candidate um, decided that she was going to throw her support behind Joe Biden. So it looks like we have democratic solidarity. I think the only person who hasn't done so, I, did Tulsi Gabbard ever do it? Is she still running? I'm she's not still sure. running. She, 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 she should get a debate with her one, 1% of Guam. Now, now here's the thing about it though is, uh, you know, and so, you know, I've been seeing this all the time. You know, there's some of people, Democrats, you know, be like, hey, you know what? If you're not voting for, you know, for Trump or you, if you hold out and not voting for, for Biden, then you might as well be voting for Trump. And I'm mm-hmm. like, look, leave the Bernie people alone. All right. For now, one, give them a little time to come, calm down, come to the census. But two, they didn't even vote for Bernie. How you go make sure they vote for Biden? All right, let's just hope they don't go go out and vote for Trump, right? Just leave them alone because half of the people who say they love them some Bernie wouldn't even vote for him. Oh, so now, they like him, but they won't go actually go out and vote because, you know, that's inconvenient. And so <laughs> it's like, how do you expect them to be more inconvenient? Remember, and, you know, it's going to be in November in the middle of the apocalypse, right? Uh, mm-hmm. You know, let's we, we shouldn't count so much on, on Bernie's votes. <laughs> um, uh, you know, that, by the way, I, the thing that got me though was the number of people who turned on Bernie. I mean, that's how it is. You can create a movement, but the movement speaks for itself. Well, that's the thing is, and this is the thing I thought about, and this is a problem with you know, I think a lot of young people, and and, and you know, and, and, and it's this is that you know we. And, you know, and this is my fault because, you know, in my generation, we sort of stopped that. So the generation before mine, the boomers, right, and, you know, they had, or even older than that, they had people like, you know, the greatest generation, like Dr. King, right? Mm-hmm. Dr. King decided where you protest, where you're going, you know, him and, you know, the other leadership, right, of, of you know, the Southern leadership, anyway, uh, of, 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 of the, the organization, right? And then the people followed. And we don't have that anymore where people really follow the leader. What they'll do is they'll walk alongside the leader as long as the leader is going somewhere they were going to go anyway. <laughs> and as soon as the leader says, hey, I'm moving to the left here, like, oh, no, 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 I ain't with you no more, right? Because we were just going the same direction, right? right? And none of us have really learned, myself included, to follow where, you know what, you think that everybody who was walking across that Pettus Bridge thought this is the right way to the right bridge we should go over this Saturday. Right, right. Or Sunday, you know, they just simply, you know, followed, you know, their lead, the leadership, and you know, we see it with all the time. It's like, yeah, they followed Bernie for a while while he was going where they were going, but as soon as he said, "Hey, we need to go over here with Biden," they're like, "Uh, no, 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 bro, you on your own. I, I get off right here. This is my block." 
Well, you know, and part of that, I think, is just one. I think the populace in and of itself doesn't necessarily understand the difference between primaries and general elections. <laughs> right, so I right. think people like throw their lot in with whoever their candidate is. And if their candidate doesn't go, they think it's like a video game. It's like, okay, well, I've died. So I took <laughs> over for me. Um, <laughs> but I think it's, it's important for people to understand the process, but it's also important for the Democratic Party to start being a lot more, uh, sociable when it comes to primaries. Cause I feel like folks go for the jugular. Like I feel like it's hard to turn around and say, I throw my support behind a candidate when two months ago, Right. You know, the candidate was racist and he didn't want you to go to school with his kids and the whole thing. Yeah. Well, you know, and that's right. In a sense, here's the way I think it's different, that the Republicans never have any policy disagreements between their candidates. Right. They all have the same exact positions. They're arguing about personality. Right? Yeah. Which personality you like? He's sleepy. He he low energy. He lion Ted, right? He he little Marco. But Trump is never like, hey, I don't agree with his policies here. Every one of them had the same tax policy, the same right foreign policy, et cetera. So when they ha- so it's easy to switch part person because you're going to get the same judges, you're going to get the same you know, stance. You know what I'm saying? When the right. Democrats switch, it, it you know now you got to decide what you know you're going to have to give up your health care, right? If you switch, mm-hmm. you know, or your dreams of universal health care. And so we have you know a lot of diversity, or maybe too much in that regard. And then the second thing we have, although we think we did a pretty good job here, is not personally branding the people. So for the most part, although Biden got a little bit on him, you know, first of between Warren and nobody was saying that Warren eat, eat you know, ate kittens or that Bernie, right, you know, was, 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 was masturbating in the back of movie theaters. You know, they didn't go into that personal stuff so much. So you should be able to at least say, except for Biden and some of the, you know, the hair sniffing and other charges against him. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you didn't have that personality thing where, or leaving that thing that people say, I cannot vote for, you know, a sexist, a, a racist. It, Biden's racism is, is, you know, we don't have, we don't have him saying the N word, right? In a, you know, in a yeah. video game. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We'll get to that. <laughs> um, you know, now who do you think Bernie, and uh, not Bernie, Biden is going to, no, quite real question, the only question left is, who's he picking for his VP? I mean, I feel like he has to pick Stacey Abrams. I, I think okay. it has to happen. Um, I would, I really feel bad for Elizabeth Warren, but something tells me because I know Barack Obama has been behind brokering all these deals and people supporting <laughs> right. uh, Biden. So something tells me that everybody who was in that Democratic primary is going to find a sweet little landing spot somewhere in that administration or go back to Congress with some renewed energy and additional funds in their campaign. Okay. So, um, so I'm, I'm inclined to believe that it's either going to be Elizabeth Warren or uh, Stacey Abrams, but I think because of the damage that Kamala was and Bernie were able to do to Joe Biden, no issues of race, he almost has to get Stacey Abrams. Well, see, like, he, why not Kamala then? Well, I mean, I think Kamala would be a, a pick as well, but I don't think Kamala is as beloved as Stacey Abrams is. Well, people but, right now really like her. Yeah, you know, well, here's the thing about it is, you know, people like her, but remember, I don't think anybody has heard her, her basically say more than two words, or right, in a sound mm-hmm. clip, all right? I think people like the idea of a Stacey Abrams. I hear, I see white women on Facebook all the time telling me how they love some Stacey Abrams, and that has me suspicious. 
Right. Anytime white women come out early for somebody, uh, I, I, I'm a little suspicious. I think it's one of those things where everybody likes to think the idea that they're going to vote for, right? Um, of the sister, but they, they wouldn't invite for a white woman. I'm a little worried about that, right? It's like, uh, I'm a little worried that people will say they're going to do the Abrams and then, you know, find a reason not to. And she doesn't have, you know, the traditional you know, um, you know, pedigree of a, of a, of a, of a vice president. Usually it's a senator, right? Mm -hmm. It's a former governor, right? That type of thing. Normally not someone who's a state rep. Right. Lost her last election. Right. Because of cheating. Because of cheating. They cheated. They did cheat. (laughs) Now we know, um, for a while we were thinking about, um, your boy, um, Gillum. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, but, but it's just, yeah. <laughs> we can just skip over that for now. But let me tell you, eventually, Jesse, uh, you gonna have to come on and talk about it. All right, we 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 give you a little time for for the, for, 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 for the healing. Uh, but eventually, you gonna have to explain some of this stuff because this is you know, fam, you the fam, you. You gonna have to explain w- 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 how fam y'all were to you. That's what you're going to have to I, I can't explain the unexplainable, man. I'm learning stuff <laughs> as we go. Uh, I'm just, I, you know, what, what I'll say, Andrew, if you are listening, you are welcome. You have an open invitation to come on the show. If you need a platform, explain whatever you want to do. Uh, let us know. I, right now, I don't know what's going on. I, I will continue to defend you because I know who you are as a person. And I think that you are incredibly smart. And I think you are a great person, but I think, as far as mistakes goes, this was big. Right? <laughs> <laughs> I wish you would have called me for advice before we get caught up in all this. Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, it it definitely, um, you know, it it looks bad, brother. But you know, we we got you back. You still, brother, regardless, right? No matter what you do, do, right? We we got you. Um, but, but then again, so call 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 us up. Um, but so you know, the VP race is going to be interesting. If you had to pick one, you'd pick Stacey Abrams right now? I'll tell you, I pick Stacey Abrams only because I think Stacey Abrams has solid African-American support. I think by picking Stacey Abrams, Joe Biden is saying, I am not interesting white women to do anything for me, but I am hoping that these black people go come show out. <laughs> I think Kamala Harris would get maybe 50% black people, but there's a lot of black people that's upset because she was so uh I think Stacey Abrams is your look and and she'll get you know a lot of black people we want we wanted to see uh another black president but we have yet to see a first black vice president. So we will certainly come out to make Stacey Abrams a vice president. You know I think we that's will. a good point and I as good a point as that is. I can't disagree with any of that. He's going with Klobuchar. He did say he had to have a woman. He said he had to have a woman. Uh, Liz, Elizabeth Warren is a little too uppity. She gonna have all the plans. You can't have Warren as your number two. She, she not gonna, she, she gonna outshine you. She's smarter than you. Right? That ain't gonna work at all. Right? Um, and, and so it could be one of the sisters, but here's the problem I think he had. Now look at, for instance, Stacey Abrams. Black people, we love the sister. Right? Right. Got natural, you know, twisty hair I saw the other day. Look good. All right? But remember, all those swing boats that Joe was talking about he can get in Scranton, Pennsylvania. You think the Scrantonites are willing to put a, a, a sister, a real-looking sister, not one with a perm, in the number two spot? <laughs> with a 70-year-old white man in the number one spot? 
if they import some um, dudes from Philadelphia. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. And so I think, you know, Joe's been running this whole time under, you know, like I ain't got no reparation plan. You know, I don't really have nothing for black people. I'm, I'm trying to get, you know, Scranton, Pennsylvania guys. And, and I am feeling that, you know, they can accept a black, a black man or, you know, uh, you know, maybe even a, a, a Kamala Harris, you know, but, but, you know, Stacey Abrams is a real sister. Look like a real sister. Right. right, and I have a feeling that that's gonna not, you know, that Joe's has to make a decision. Will he get, can he get the black excitement, right? Because he can get it with Abrams, but you may think he can get the black excitement with Obama coming out, basically, you know, being his, you know, you know, his his right hand man on the campaign, and right. try to keep keep his keep his keep keep his keep his rednecks. We'll see. Um, it's gonna be interesting. I, I imagine that both of us are still concerned that Trump is still probably gonna end up pulling this out somehow. Yeah. Assuming we have elections, <laughs> assuming that's what we do. Right, right, right. Um, you know, the the degree to which Trump supporters, I mean, I, I hope I have fans as loyal as Trump supporters one day. The degree <laughs> to, to have somebody who's been impeached, to have somebody who's not managing a global pandemic very well, and now is blaming the World Health Organization. <laughs> just the gall. And I the think audacity. about it. We are number one in the world. In uh, coronavirus cases, I remember we we so when you know who knows how reliable the Chinese reporting is, but China got three times more people. India, we know they have two times less people, way less cases. All right, we have more cases and more deaths than anybody in the USA. USA. All right, we are number one. So I don't know how you possibly say you handled this well. Are you? We have the worst. Absolutely, and that's what we do in America all the time. You know, we deal with our healthcare system. Worst outcomes, right? You know, it can cost the most, but we will still tell ourselves we are not, we got the best healthcare system in the world, right? We got right. the best business. We got the best industry, all the kind of stuff, even though every statistic says otherwise. So we could probably argue amongst ourselves, you know, delusionally that, you know, Trump handled this well. Some people will say that. And speaking of delusional, the most surprising endorsement, of course, of Trump came from Vernon. Mount money out money money earning Mount Vernon Jones. <laughs> give me give me uh, the brother's pedigree again because I'm gonna play the clip in a minute. But but set him up. Okay. Well, first off, all of my fellow HBCU graduates, we need to have a meeting with Brother Jones. Uh, this is a brother who is a graduate of uh, the illustrious North Carolina Central University. Yes, uh, I didn't stutter. Uh, who, 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 what's the law school there? Let me, let me, who, what famous alum we think about? Um, Maynard Jackson, the first one. Uh, and, and who's closer to the show? Maybe, maybe someone uh, um, on the end of this phone. I, no, I, I am a proud legal eagle. I proudly graduated from North Carolina State uh-huh. But I want to emphasize I graduated from the law school, not the undergrad. <laughs> 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 you gonna try to make that distinction? All right, all right. Well, go ahead. You didn't have nothing to do the undergrad. All right, fair enough. <laughs> uh, and also, uh, if you are a member of a panhellenic organization, uh, Brother Jones is a Kappa Alpha Psi. Uh, so this is part of your representation. <laughs> uh, yeah, that's double party. black. All right, that's double black. <laughs> that is just ridiculous. All right, that, that's literally black on black crime, literally. All right. Here is what the brother had to say uh, about uh, the, the, the Trump. Hello, America. This is Vernon Jones, and I'm a proud member of the Georgia House of Representatives. 
but I've also been a lifelong Democrat, too. But today, I've announced my support and endorsement of Donald J. Trump's campaign re-election. Now, let me be clear about one thing. I didn't leave the Democratic Party. The Democratic Party left me. But one would say, now, why would a black man support Donald Trump? Well, I would reverse that. Why wouldn't a black man endorse Donald Trump? Isn't he the president that ushered in the lowest unemployment rate among blacks before the pandemic crisis? Isn't he the president that signed the Criminal Justice Reform Act? And finally, isn't he the president that overwhelmingly supported financially historical black colleges in which I'm a proud graduate of North Carolina Central University? I 100% support Donald Trump, and I want to call on every patriot, every great American out there across this country, regardless of your race or whatever, gender, orientation, I want to ask all of you, young people, seniors, all in between, join me in reelecting Donald J. Trump as a president, our next president, our reelected president of the United States. Peace out, America. Oh, man. Oh, man. I, I, I hope the people, if you listening from North Carolina Central, a matter of fact, I know y'all listen. People from North Carolina <laughs> Central University, please, 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 uh, if somebody from the Alumni Affairs Office, write a letter to that man and make sure that you tell him if he wants to throw his support behind President Trump, he don't need to be invoking the name of North Carolina <laughs> Central University. <laughs> yeah, y'all gonna this. lose some points on that one. Y'all lose some points on that one. <laughs> now, now the crazy part is this though. He tried to pull a Malcolm X. Remember? You oh, know yeah, what? Donald Trump didn't land, you know, we didn't land on Donald Trump. Donald Trump landed on us. <laughs> right? <laughs> The Democratic Party did not change at all in the last four years. What is he talking about as far as the party change? The party didn't change at all, right? Yeah, you don't change. Um, I have a feeling, and we can go over this all night because I got lots of theories, but my number one theory as to why this brother did this is that uh, he uh, is like Brewster's Millions. He got an inheritance coming if he can lose the next election. But he can't quit. He got to lose it fair and square. Next week, he going to come out for the coronavirus. He going to come out against mothers and grandmamas. Uh, he probably uh, will come out uh, for Jared at Subway. He is going to try to have every unpopular position because I don't know how you get elected in Georgia as a Democrat saying that you love you some Trump. And when we say Georgia, we we're not talking about Alpharetta. We're not talking Thank about Houston. We talk about Lithonia. Like we <laughs> there's Georgia, there's the Cal, the College Park, the Lithonia. <laughs> we we talk about almost damn near Atlanta. This is what we talk right. about. And he's and he's up here talking about he supports Donald Trump. Now I just want to give a quick shout out. I don't even know the sister who is actually running against him. In this upcoming election, Rhonda, if you want to come on the show, please contact. <laughs> we will support. Uh, we will have you on the show. We'll let you talk about Georgia issues. I don't even live in Georgia. I'll let you talk about Georgia issues all day, just so we can get rid of Vernon. I can't take Vernon 
<laughs> no, no, Bernie has got to, I'm all, see, that's my thing is, I'm almost, I almost want to vote for Bernie because I don't think he wants the job. I think he's trying to get <laughs> out of the job and we need to, you know, and the only other, maybe the more plausible thing is, is that he thinks he can get in the cabinet. All right. He he can get a good high level position. He come out as being the only black person right for Trump. Tell Trump, hey, I got you six percent of the you know, I got you the hotel vote and you need to come on with me. Uh and, and so I think he's trying to get Amorosa's old job or something. But he can't possibly think he's gonna stay in that job supporting Trump. His mama ain't gonna vote for him. <laughs> I ask, why wouldn't my mama vote for him? <laughs> Because you landed on on Plymouth Rock and your mama, or you threw Plymouth Rock at your mama. I didn't leave I got my one mama. My mama one... left me. <laughs> <laughs> I got one thing to say for him, and in the immortal words of the great NASCAR driver, Kyle <laughs> Larson. You know, I can't even say it. I, I'm not even black enough to say it. I got I, I ain't paid my, 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 my black dues recently. So let's let Kyle Larson speak for himself. We'll set it up. Kyle's a NASCAR racer. He is doing what all the NASCAR racers do now, which is playing uh, basically, uh, you know, PlayStation. All right. <laughs> racing on YouTube. Uh, I guess it's iRacing. Some, you know, you get in some box and you do a virtual racing game. And this is what the NASCAR racers have to do. Right. So he's mad. There's no doubt about that. And this is um, I don't even know how to explain this. So let me just play it. And I'm I can see it. You can't hear me. Hey, nigga. Wow. Hey. <laughs> Kyle, you're talking to everyone, but. Yeah, we heard that. Oh, damn. You did not. Anyway, so Kyle says the N-word right up front. My favorite part almost is that the other people there are not offended by it, but they're just like, uh, uh, this was lie. Uh, you're going to be in trouble now. Uh, sorry, Kyle. Right. <laughs> they were right. like, hey, how could right. you say that? They were just like, damn, hope I didn't say it. I hope they didn't catch me, right? <laughs> it wasn't in content. It's like a sound check. You know how some people say mic check, one, two, mic check? Right, right. He says nigger. I have no idea. When I watched the video the first time, I was confused. I thought maybe this was a truncated clip of some larger conversation, but it just came out of nowhere. This was, <laughs> there's no context to it. And the way that he said it was so crisp and smooth <laughs> and the delivery was so sharp. I just said, wow, he's practiced this. He is this definitely is good at it. All right. <laughs> I love the fact that he seems to use it like an article of speech. It's like it's not like, you know, he said you understand if he was mad at the other racer who happened to be black. All right. right. And yelled at him. No, no, no. He just used it like you stub your toe. Or you might say, damn or ouch. Yeah, right. he, he used the N word. Um, it was so. So, of course, the reaction is swift. His uh, sponsors start to all cancel on him. His uh, racing team uh, suspends him indefinitely, which is interesting because guess who else is suspended indefinitely? Uh, everybody. <laughs> it would be like if the NBA suspended me indefinitely right now. Uh, I wasn't getting to play for the NBA anyway, right? So what, right. what would it matter? Nobody's getting to race anyway. So he is, you know, <laughs> he is suspended during the suspension 
of the racing. But I guess he can't go back on and play the video games anymore, which he's probably happy about. <laughs> That's what I was going to say. He's going to be suspended from EA Sports. It's not in the game. They're going <laughs> to suspend it. Now, he did try to come out, and let's get this, in, in fairness, unlike, for instance, the woman on MSNBC, Naker Girl, who right. is still trying to claim she said Naker, all right? Kyle Larson did admit, all right, that he said it was pretty clear, and so let's hear what Kyle has to say. Yeah, I just want to say I'm sorry. Um, you know, last night I made a mistake and said the word that should never, ever be said, and um, you know, there's no excuse for that. You know, I wasn't raised that way. You know, it's just an awful thing to say, and I feel very sorry for my family, my friends, my partners, the NASCAR community, and especially the African-American community. You know, I understand the damage is probably unrepairable, and, you know, I, I own up to that. Um, but I just wanted to let you all know how sorry I am, and, you know, I, I hope everybody is, is staying safe during these crazy times. Thank you. I'm good with him. I'm good. Kyle and mm-hmm. I will be best friends now. Uh, we'll be, we'll put we'll be as tight as we were before this happened. <laughs> <laughs> How about that? <laughs> well, I mean, I think what's striking about the apology video is in the angle and the light, the way the light hit him in that video, mm-hmm. he don't look like he white either. So also, well, well, like, you know, he's not. He's not. Okay, he's actually yeah, so, so a diversity you know, you know that. Yeah, he's a diversity guy. He's he's actually Asian American, like the first Asian American. I think his parents had, had been um had been interred, like you know, or grandparents, and like you know, in in the, in the camps. And I mean, this is not a guy who really you know sh- sh- should should be ignorant on this one. Now they <laughs> are going to send him to sensitivity training. Yes, I'm and sure. this is the important thing because then he will learn to test the sensitivity of the microphone. <laughs> <laughs> That's what sensitivity training would teach you to do is to know when a hot mic is hot and then you can say the N word off, you know, in your car. That's right, really right. was because I don't understand how you explain to a grown man, uh, you can't say the N word anywhere, particularly on the internet. <laughs> but he needs a sensitivity training, uh, and he'll get to Paula Dean, right? He'll get to Hulk Hogan. You know, you go away for a couple of years and then you come back. And so, you know, next season he'll be racing, you know, for the clan team, uh, whatever <laughs> the team that is. What, what'd you say? Joe Gibbs, right? <laughs> <laughs> now, I have to confess, and I don't know about you, but you know, yeah, I think we both agree on this. Were you surprised that a NASCAR racer had said this? Were you shocked? No, I wasn't shocked that it said I was actually shocked how swiftly NASCAR. <laughs> Well, here's the weird part is, I agree with you, because a lot of my neighbors, I, I got in my local, you know, website, you know, AZ Central, whatever it is, uh, and go to the web, go webpage and look at it, and they were all like, oh, well, you know what, I, I'm glad he got dropped from his team so he can go to our team. You know, we need a good, good, good rookie racer on our team. <laughs> they weren't mad at all at him. I was like, damn. And basically for them, you know, NASCAR, the end of NASCAR, that's what it stood for. <laughs> they, they can't, they, they surprised the way anybody is, 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 is upset about it. You know, I love this whole thing of, you, you can't say nothing anymore. I'm like, wait a minute. There's a long <laughs> way between not being able to say nothing <laughs> and not being able to say arguably the most offensive word in the history of humanity, right? It's like, you could, you know, we could have gone in the middle somewhere. Hey, he said you people, right? We could, we could argue about that, right? This is the most offensive word ever. How you, you know, I don't understand how you get brought in as the diversity guy. 
And, and you, <laughs> like, don't you know that these same people saying stuff about you? When you? <laughs> well, well, here's the weird part. Remember that he had a little deflection. So he probably thought he was white because they got Bubba Wallace. Right, right. And Bubba Wallace got in trouble the day before. They probably NASCAR. Whatever you do, I know you you don't listen, but you know what? You send a check. We will let you sponsor. All right. Yeah. Um, I will wear a, a racing jacket and jumper in a second. The, the jacket. <laughs> I wear. <laughs> I wear tie drawers if you want me to. All right. I, I get it. Okay. But here's what I am going to say to you. Um, you need to get rid of that racing thing you doing on the internet. Uh, you losing a racer every day. You lost earlier in the week, <laughs> Bubba Wallace, the only brother you had, all right, because he quote unquote rage quit in a match, uh, in one of these stupid matches. And when funny, funny part is, is that Jess and I would try to find the clip of him rage quitting. Uh, we couldn't see no rage in the quit. Right. The game looked over and he just said, you know, this is why I don't take this, this shit seriously in the first place. And they were like, he said shit. Now, now the, the, the other guy said the N-word <laughs> out of context. And Bubba, Bubba ended up losing one of his sponsors. Now, we think the sponsor might have wanted to get out anyway because it was Blue Emu. And uh, <laughs> Blue Emu uh, sells um, uh, 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 ointment or back cream uh, that's made partly from emu oil. Um <laughs> Y'all need to think about what emu oil would be. Uh, emu is a bird. Am I, am I got that right? Yes. So if, I don't know about you, but I'm black and I'm not, I'm not wearing chicken oil. All right. <laughs> on my, chicken grease on my face. All right. On my back, nowhere. All right. I don't know how you, where you get the oil from the emu. All right. That, that scared me. All right. What kind of, you know, liquid you getting out of a, when you squeeze the emu, you might, you squeeze a little, a little weird. All right. Don't, don't do that. <laughs> But I know that uh, I'm not using emu oil. I know also that no black person in the history of the world has ever used emu oil because we use butters. Right. Cocoa, aloe, et cetera. So I'm not sure who you were selling this to. Maybe the emu community or, or, or the Australians. I don't know. But uh, the brother going to be all right without that sponsor. Right. He, he had tons of the big the big boys on there. I think it was Coke. STP monster energy drink. So I'm sure he's going to be just fine. Um, with that said, any of those sponsors that are interested in sponsoring <laughs> a podcast, you know, I, I don't drink monster energy drink, but I certainly can change my habits. If, <laughs> <laughs> that's all, that's all I drink. And you know what? For the right amount, I would drink the emu oil. All right. So don't, don't blue emu. You look for somebody to sponsor now. You ain't got a brothers. Come on we, over. We, we want to have this. We wild blue. I will fry and grill a blue. <laughs> <laughs> Matter of fact, see, I'm kind of hungry. I, I'll go for some emu. Uh, you fry it up and uh, I'll eat the emu. So yeah, go ahead, uh, eat blue emu and give us a call. If you out there green or, or fuchsia emu, you call us too. Uh, we, we, yeah. we ain't gonna discriminate on, on color, on the basis of color. That's not what we do here. Uh, um, I do white emu. Alright, so get, get, send the emu. We'll be good with that. Um, <laughs> <laughs> oh man. I think you made your pitch for all of our sponsors. Yeah. Um, I guess you make your pitch, I guess, for, for, for to get our reviews and stuff in. Oh, absolutely. So for anybody who has not already done so, you can find us on Facebook at Brothers in Law. That's B-R-U-T-H-A-S, the letter N-L-A-W. On Facebook, we share things almost on a daily basis. 
feel free to interact with us. Also, we do have an email address, and you can feel free to email us any comments that you have uh, or your sponsorship contract. Yep. And that email address is brothersinlaw at gmail.com. So we definitely want to hear from you. Uh, if you are listening to us, whatever streaming service or whatever podcast listening service you use, please give us five stars, leave good reviews, tell people about us, tell a friend to tell a friend, uh, and increase our numbers so we can continue bringing you uh, such hilarious and educational content. Absolutely. And next week, everybody stay tuned. All right. We're going to have on D-Nice. The DJ that had two million views. Now, technically that's not true, but <laughs> MSNBC, we will fact check it later. We'll fact check it on the website. Right, we will right. tell you right now a lie. <laughs> D Nice is going to be here. He's going to do a DJ for us all week. So have your friends come on on Saturday night and maybe Jesse will fact check it on the website. But D Nice is going to be here next week. <laughs> be here this time. And Erica Badu. And I think president is in two weeks, right, Jesse? Oh, well, yeah, you know, we're, we're working on it. We're trying working to work on it. Well, you, you fact check it later. All right, fact check it later. <laughs> hey, everybody, stay safe. All right, we need you as listeners. Take care of yourself, and we will see you uh, next time. <laughs>